Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Brunson Bugle. Um, this is just a little disclaimer I'm putting up before the episode. So as you will probably all be aware by now, this weekend's game at Cheltenham Town has been postponed due to the icy weather. The pitch is not in good enough condition to play. Uh, obviously at the time of recording we didn't know that. So there is a section that is a Cheltenham preview in this episode. What I've done is I've removed that. So what you'll find is when it gets to the point when the Cheltenham preview is about to start, it'll fade out. But then it'll fade quickly back in in time for you to hear the answer to Dan's question of the week. And it's a belting question of the week, so it's well worth taking part in. And that's just a little disclaimer to let you know that it's, it's not your episode going a bit funny. I've done that for that reason. So, um, yeah, we'll be back next week with a preview of the Bolton game. And obviously, there's not much to review this week. We'll try and find something to fit in at the start of the episode. But yeah, so uh, other than that, enjoy. Hi, I'm Paul Simpson from the Football Club. Welcome to the Brunton Bugle. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Kai United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Mike Booth. Two defeats in a row for United leave them cut adrift from safety. But was there promising signs in the midweek trip to Barnsley? We look back on the losses against Oxford and the Tykes before previewing a huge six point this weekend at Cheltenham Town. Yeah, you know what, Mike? I hadn't actually looked at the table until just before we recorded here, and it doesn't make great reading right now, does it? Uh, no. Um, you know, I'm, I've already heard sort of people talking about how many points we'll need to get to the sort of sacred fifty-point mark. Um, the way I see it, I think the way other teams are doing around us, two wins could get us out of it and then it's go from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not great. But, you know, like you said in the intro there, there's maybe some positives. I think 100% we have a stronger squad now than we did on the 1st of January. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully with a few more recruits uh, still to come in, then, um, yeah, we can really kick on and, I mean, if we pull it off, I think the momentum that that'll generate for us will be fantastic. Yeah, and uh, well, we definitely need at least one more forward, which we'll touch on in a minute, because there's been a mm-hmm. departure announced from Brunton Park today. Um, before we go any further, obviously, we've got to remind you, uh, once again this season, our sponsors are the Car United Spot Club London Branch. Um, London Branch do sort of lots of fantastic stuff for the club in terms of fundraising, but also for exiles in terms of arranging train tickets for away trips and uh, tickets for the actual match and sorting out uh, designated pubs and stuff like that. Uh, you can join them wherever you are in the world. Uh, I know there's a huge influx of uh, kiosk members at the very least at the moment for uh, for the Jacksonville area in Florida. So if they want to sign up to the to the London Branch, well, I'm sure they're very welcome to. Um, but yeah, if you want to find out more about them, go to the website, carlislelondonbranch.org. Right, Mike, let's get right into it. Uh, we're probably not going to have a full, like, sort of longer episode as we have done in some of the previous ones because you've got to get away uh, today. We're recording a little bit late. Um, so, news-wise, I mean, there's only one real big bit of news that's come out really in the last week, isn't there? And that's, um, it's a departure from Brunton Park. Uh, but it's one that's sort of been rumoured for a little while. Ryan Edmondson has left the club by mutual consent. He's had his contract cancelled. And the understanding is he's going to Australia because he's got an opportunity to play for the Central Coast Mariners out there. And I think mm. co- the coach there is one of his ex-leads youth coaches. Um, yeah, in one sense, a bit of a surprise because the rumour had been going on for so long, you thought, oh, maybe it's a load of nonsense. can't be true. But as it is, it turns out that it is true. I know there was a rumor, there was a mad rumor going around that he was quitting football to go and set up a cafe, a beach cafe in Australia, <laughs> which I always thought like, oh, come on, that, that's just silly. But actually, I mean, as we said in one of the previous episodes, look, Central Coast Mariners, their ground is, is right by the beach. So mm-hmm. that might be where, where that's come from. But what's your thoughts on this one? I mean, Simo seems a little bit narked as if like he's only really found out in the last week and which seems unusual seeing as the rumour was flying around and there was a lot of you know, there were some pictures that emerged of him moving out of his flat, I think. Wait, I think it's in Dalston where he was living or something like that. So it, it's kind of, it feels a bit like, I don't know. I, I saw someone describe the way Samir was describing it quite amusingly, like uh, like the man whose uh, his wife has left him for the fitness instructor or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. You know, why the hell would he want to go all the way to, you know, Australia and earn a few, you know, a couple of thousand pounds a week to sit on the beach every day? You know, why would he when he could be up in Carlisle? But, um, yeah, what's your, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, well, I mean, 
I thought that this season he'd be quite a big player for us. I, I mean, think we all I mean, did. <laughs> we yeah, all picked him top scorer. <laughs> yeah, well, you and Dan did. I, we I did. predicted Sean Maguire in my infinite wisdom, um, which was much better. But um, yeah, I, I really thought that it, it, this would be a really great season for him. But I think he's at the point now where, to be honest, it's probably best for us that he moves on. It's best for him that he moves on. And, you know, he may well sort of do what Macaulay Gillespie did, yeah. where he sort of goes over there, um, has a good couple of years, sitting on the beach as well, and comes back um, sort of at a higher standard in the Football League. Absolutely. I think you've got it bang on there. I think it's easy to look at him and go, it's a step down or whatever. Look, it's more like a step sideways, really, isn't it? It's- because you're basically getting a better quality of life probably living out there, yeah. you think. So he's going to go out there, live in the sun for most of the year. It's, it's going to be great for him in that sense. And he's a chance to rebuild his career a little bit because he'd lost his way with us. I think I don't think there's much doubt with that. You know, there's a question of whether he actually did find his way in the first place. There was, there was those promising signs last season in the odd game, you know, and, and, and he showed a lot of promise, but never quite hit those heights. And we were always just constantly willing him on to be better. And, and clearly he hadn't shown enough in, in training to Simo to justify being ahead of some players who weren't doing that well, to be honest, in the team. And yet they were getting in there ahead of him. So yeah, you do you do wonder what, what went wrong there really. But you know, there's a lot of talk of a lack of discipline in the summer in terms of being late for team meetings. And that's obviously going to wind up a, a manager like Simo, isn't it? So mm. yeah, you do wonder with that. Um and obviously they're missing that penalty against Harrogate. I think if he scores that penalty, he sees might kick on and you, you see a different Ryan Edmondson. But as it is, that, that shoulder injury at Northampton really killed him last season, didn't it? And actually the red card against Leighton Orient as well, when you look back to it. So yeah, it's been it's been a tough year for him. But hey, we'll, we'll always have memories of that goal at Swindon, won't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a fantastic moment that was. Um, so yeah, all the best to Ryan, you know, in his, his future career. Obviously out in Australia, I'm sure he's going to have a great time out there. And, yeah, he's one of those ones that I always look at them. Macaulay Gillespie, one of them. I always think to myself, one that got away of like, ah, we re- we really should have done a bit more to try and make him fit into our team because he was always a quality player. And mm. I kind of hope we don't do the same in, with Edmo. I think it'd be a little bit different now because of the budget we're working with in terms of signing players. But but yeah, I mean, in terms of that replacement wise, we've been heavily linked with Jake Young. Um, been a bit of a back and forth about that, hasn't there? With Bradford, obviously, Simmer made some comments after the Barnsley game saying it was a ridiculous price and we it was out of our price range. I don't think that was necessarily having a go at Bradford. I think it was just basically being honest and saying, look, you know, what mm. they're asking for him, we're not going to pay that. So that we move on. Mm. Graham Alexander hasn't taken very well to it. I can totally understand why he's a bit narked of it because I was a little bit surprised Simmer mentioned it. It's not normally what he does, is it? But I think he was asked that question directly, wasn't he? But um, yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Am I disappointed that we're potentially missing out on Young? Not massively. I, I, I've got a real fear with Young that he could be like one of these half season wonders. Who's you know had this brilliant first half season and then goes back to Bradford and actually doesn't do that well. He might, he yeah. might well, he might well keep up his form and keep going. But I, I just have this feeling: like, is he quite as good? Armstrong's different. And Armstrong's proved it over like two or three seasons with Harrogate and actually a couple of seasons before that in lower levels. So you see a bit more of him. Whereas Young, I was never really convinced about. I don't know what you think. Yeah, it's interesting though because. You know, a few people were saying, oh, we don't need a striker. We need a creative midfielder to take chances. But, you know, obviously we're touching the Barnsley game in a bit. But we've been creating chances. We just need somebody to put them in the back of the net. And, yeah, you know, I get what you're saying, that he might be a sort of a bit of a flash in the pan, Young. But we're not going to sign someone who's scored 20 goals the past four seasons on the bounce, are we? No, absolutely not. I, I I get that. I do understand that. But it's just, yeah, it's just one of those ones I look and think, mm, am I as fussed about missing out on him? Probably not. And that is not a disparaging him and saying he's a bad player. I just I just wonder if it would have been, for the amount that Bradford would want, it would have been a huge gamble, I think, to, to try and sign him in permanently. Um, mm. but there you go. Um, right. Well, let's move on then, Mike. Is there anything else to touch on in terms of um? Thing? Oh, we, we, we. I suppose we should mention we, we we tried to record a preview for the Oxford game, but we had some real technical issues, so we moved back to our old studio just to give that a try. And it seems to be working fine so far, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah. We we can't see each other, but that's probably a good thing because uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mike is not fully clothed right now. Um, but yeah, um. Yeah, we 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 mentioned this when we recorded, but we'll touch on it briefly again. Um, the incident at the Oxford game because we're going to talk about the Oxford game in a sec. Yeah. So there was an incident where a fan has been arrested due to a, a, a basically an incident to racism towards the assistant referee after they they seem to think it happened after the the second goal, which we'll obviously talk about the second goal a bit, but not relevant to this. Um, yeah. It, 
just hugely disappointing, isn't it? And because these incidents seem to be happening on a weekly basis, and it's just getting really, really frustrating at the moment, isn't it? In terms of one thing after another. Yeah, and we seem to be getting a bit of a reputation for this now. Like I've seen yeah. other clubs' fans are re- replying to the posts on social media saying, "Oh, typical Carlisle fans, you know, they're all scum and all the rest of it." And yeah. to be honest, you can't really argue with them. These incidents yeah. keep happening. You know, it's it's, it's tarnishing the reputation. It really is. Is it? It's, yeah. a, it's really tarnishing reputation, and you know, it, it's easy for us to you know, I've seen some people like blaming it. Oh, you know, it's, it's just like. It's just like a sixteen-year-old kid or fourteen-year-old kids in the Warwick Road, and all the new people who've come along and not been for years. You don't know that. Mm. We don't know. We we have no idea of that. It's a very easy thing to say, but I'll be honest with you. I've heard a few little things said before in the past, and yeah, I probably should have reported them. I'll be really honest, but I've heard things said in the past that, frankly, shouldn't be said at a football ground, and they're from people who've been there for years, mm. as well. So, like, let's let, let's not pretend that this doesn't happen in Brunton Park. I mean. <sighs> I've seen some posts on some message boards recently and things about stuff like this, and and frankly, it's it, it absolutely appalling what some people have been saying. But we all know who I'm talking about, yeah. And we're not going to go into more detail in it, but yeah, like, let's just leave it that it's just not not called for. And I, I applaud the club and the police though for dealing with it incredibly quickly. You know, it, yeah, it's definitely. Like, within like a day, there was an arrest made, and it it's it all you know, seems to hopefully be getting sorted and, you know, we might not find out the full story eventually. I don't know, but yeah, at least there seems to be some work going on with that. So that's, that's good. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Okay. Let's uh, take a, uh, well, let's not take a break. Let's get straight into it. Sorry. Um, Oxford United, well, sorry, Carl United one, Oxford United three, get it the right way around. Um, yeah, Mike, uh, this, we, we, we went to both the games over this week, didn't we? And yeah, this one, it's just so deflating that once again we had a good start without really creating anything solid, and then we gift a goal. Um, we just don't seem to be able to get that opening goal at times, do we? To, to get ourselves into games, I know we'll talk about Barnes game in a minute. Well, we did, but that was a different game altogether, really. So yeah, yeah, this one. What, what's your initial thoughts on it? Well, I mean, the corner for their first was never a corner in a million no, it's years, not. was it? It's not. You know, and ridiculous decision. Obviously, our players were a bit frustrated, but you've got to get your heads back in the game and letting the lad into the box have that much space to head the ball back into the six-yard box. It's, you know, you frankly, you deserve to concede goals if you're going to give people that much space on set pieces. Um, yeah. And, you know, the second goal, you know, at the time we thought it was miles offside. On second, third and fourth viewings where you draw lines, <laughs> you know... Well, the, the, the key thing, the key thing with that one was when you when you look at the original clip with just uh, Lavelle in shot, you look and think, oh, he's offside. He's, he's, he's like he's, he's the whole the top half of his body is offside. He's well beyond Lavelle. Not really a t- tough decision to make. Then there's a clip that comes, I think, like one frame after where you suddenly see some feet at the very top of the screen, and you're like, mm. they're, they're, those feet are coming towards the halfway line as well. So they've been deeper on the original mm. pass, and you're like. Oh, that person's probably playing him on. We think it's Jack Ellis on the very far side, and it is yeah. very much a far side. So uh, it is frustrating one. And I think in the end, the linesman's probably got it right. You know, naked eye originally, you think, yeah, he looks like he is, but frustrating, yeah. And then the third, yeah. well, the third goal, great finish, though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the third goal was genuine quality, and that's that's what we've been coming up against all season. But before, I mean, before the first goal, you know, I took my mate Neil, who's a Sunderland fan who comes to a couple of games a season, and he was saying this is not a sixth versus twenty second match or twenty third mm. match. You know, th- this is quite an evenly matched game, and but so often we just switch off, concede a stupid goal, and then it's an uphill battle trying to get back into it. It's it's literally the story of our season. We could do a you know a post match analysis of a game before the games even happened, you know, because it's just so predictable. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it just it's just infuriating, isn't it? Like I said, I mean, we started off fairly well with some nice little moves from from Butterworth, especially down the left, and Armstrong, you know, was doing some decent pressing, and Harrison Neal certainly impressed, didn't he? I think we were all like yeah. quite oh, wow, you know, we've got a play here, like you, you could really do something. But then, like you said, that first goal. So obviously, yeah, we talked about the set piece. It wasn't a set piece. It wasn't a corner. We know that. But it's it's letting the biggest lad in the, in the thing, like just not doing your job properly. And mm. I want to put something out there here with this set pieces. We seem to concede a lot of goals often this season. Mm. 
Are we missing Paul Gerrard a bit in there? Is, is Dave Timmons yeah. doing as good a job? I mean, look, you don't want to pick on individuals too much, but a question does have to be asked there. And I've seen people asking questions about Skelton and about Simmerman, but when you ask a question about your goalkeeping coach, you, you know, the goalkeepers have arguably not been as good this season. And also, the set pieces simply haven't been as good at both ends, really. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't personally see what goes on in training. No, 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 we don't. Uh, you know, but yeah, the results seem to be there for all to see of the change in, in goalkeeping coach. Um, but, you know, I mean, Dave Timmons is a very highly regarded uh, coach. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it just seems to almost be a bit of a, a perfect storm of calamity, really, with set pieces and... yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the issue for me all along has been we we need to score the first goal. I know we did it at Barnsley, I know we still lost, yeah. but conceding that first goal constantly. Yeah. I mean, and often I think that stems from our weakness up front, is that teams can put more players forward because we, we haven't been much of a threat in their area. Um You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think the issues lie with our sort of you know, especially our new goalkeeper. I don't think the issues lie with the defence and the goalkeeper. I think it's mm. it's a little bit deeper than that. I think the pressure's invited a bit too much on the defence. That's the problem. Yeah, that's not, the thing. We're not being as successful as winning the ball back, which I think, yeah, we'll talk again. We'll talk about Tuesday night shortly, but we were much better doing that at Barnsley. That, that's that's where we actually started to see a bit more of what we saw last season for that. In this one, we got a little bit overrun in midfield a few too many times. I mean the. The third goal is a perfect example of this. You know, they got it away quickly, got up the pitch, and Rodriguez, it's a lovely bit turn inside it. At this point, Ellis was exposed by the fact that he had McCallum in front of him, which we'll, we will actually, that'll probably be the next point we'll go on to. But um, yeah, it was it was just a great finish around the defender, to be fair. He used the defender as a shield, and, and Lewis just can't see it. It's, it's a really, really good bit of play. Um, frustratingly, at that point, we actually started to play a bit. Now, at half time, Simon made a change in this one. So he pushes Mellish into midfield. But he doesn't have Gibson in midfield already. So he has to stick McCallman on the right wing, really. Mm. It didn't work, did it? He, he looked like a lost boy out there. And he wasn't having the great... He wasn't... I think to be a little bit harsh on me. He wasn't having the greatest game in midfield anyway. To then stick him on the right wing, he just didn't seem to know where he needed to be. He was drifting in to be in the centre again, mm. which which left Ellis massively exposed at times. And I think Ellis actually had a good game. There's not much more he could have done. His one-on-one defending is fantastic, by the way. Like, Tuesday night especially, he was fun, brilliant doing that. But do you think maybe Simo, in terms of his subs and changes at the moment, he needs to be a bit bolder in terms of making half-time subs and things like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we noticed, uh, I think it was before the Oxford game, certainly before the Barnsley game, that our bench recently has been a lot stronger than it's been all mm. season, you know, thanks to the new recruits we've been bringing in. Um, but yeah, McCalman is is weird because obviously we're going to touch on the Barnsley game shortly. But McCalman for me didn't play very well against Oxford, mm. and he scored a goal. And yeah. Butterworth, I thought, did play well against Barnsley, but he just didn't score, and he yeah. missed a couple of sitters, To be honest, so it's it's a funny old game, isn't it? But um, yeah, sometimes you know if you start Gibson over McCalman, you've just got that option to change formation without having to make a sub yeah. to do it. I kind of feel like we really, I keep saying it, I feel like we're really missing that. We're missing that mm. little edge that we had from being able to do that mid-game and, and catch mm. people out. And, so, and, as, yeah. and as well, something that we talked about the other day, sometimes bringing Gibson on with 15, 20 minutes left, it's not enough. He needs maybe to be brought on with 30 minutes left so we can kind of grow into the game and get a couple of touches. And, you know, sometimes we bring Gibson on too late and he can't really make an impact when we bring him on. Yeah, no, I think I think we sort of touched on that when we were driving back from the game on uh, through the blizzard on the M62 on uh, on Tuesday night. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I think for Gibson, he needs to be coming on earlier. And with this one, he came on with half an hour to go. And actually, I thought he had a real positive impact when he came oh, on. He and I thought yeah. I think there was apparently Oxford fans after the game saying like he was a really good player and they wouldn't mind him playing for them. And I know he's hit and miss for us at times, but I think. Forget the mistakes he makes and forget the fact that maybe defensively he's not going to be as strong. You miss so much in attack without him in the team. And McCalmont's just not as good on the ball as him. McCalmont's a really busy, good pressing midfielder, but he won't offer you the same level of quality on the ball no. or creativity. And that's what we're really lacking at times. And If you had a hybrid plays, of the you two, you'd, you'd have a Premier League player, to be honest with you, or a, yeah, or a championship at the moment. Yeah, you'd have a top-end championship player, definitely. Mm. He, he would absolutely make a difference. So, yeah, it's... 
it was frustrating because, like I said, once he'd come on, it, it it made a big difference to us. I thought I thought we looked much more threatening. He was getting the ball in good areas down the wing. Um, but yeah, as it was, it just didn't, didn't quite work out. Um, I thought, you know, Garner looked quite lively when he came on as well. And, and Charters, to be fair, Charters, Charters used the ball really well once again. Yeah. You know, when he came on, he, he was a big threat. Um, but yeah, for me, the thing that stood out from the game for me was just how good um, Moore was at centre-back for them. I thought he was one of the best players I've seen this season, the number five. You know, so, for a big lad, so good and comfortable on the ball, bringing out defence. Obviously lost his man to set up the, the first goal. Harris up front was pretty decent, but, you know, pretty easy. Well, not easy goals, but, you know, the, the, we didn't challenge him as much in terms of the, what he had to do for the goals. Um, so, yeah, it was, yeah, it was kind of a bit frustrating at times, but it's one of those ones afterwards you sort of looked at it and there was, there was quite a lot of reaction after the game. There was a bit of Simo out talk and things like that from a handful of people, but this is the point we actually talked about, didn't we? When we, we did our original attempt at recording a, a review of the Oxford game. I think people need to calm down a little bit with that. I really yeah. do. I think there needs to be a little bit of a reality check. And I know some people don't like hearing this and say, oh, it's not ambition and stuff like that. It's not about that. It's about being realistic and doing it the best way possible for the future. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, we, we need to stick by Simmer and we need to give him time to build something here because it's the first time he's going to have actually a decent budget to spend mm-hmm. and be able to build something. And it's not going to change overnight in January. Bringing those mm. players in, they're going to take time to settle. You hope that he'll drag you away from trouble. But there's no guarantee that it will mm. in the slightest. So yeah, the, the exactly. Key, so the, the key for me is stick by him because, look, your alternative is you get rid of him, right? And then who are you bringing in? You're bringing in someone to firefight and pro- potentially try and keep you in the league. You might need a, a, a very much a specialist to do that, isn't it? There's no point in bringing a young, inexperienced manager in to do that, is there, at the end of no. the day, right? Then it happens if you like if you just about stay up, or you're stuck with someone you probably don't really want as manager, you know. And chances are you've had to give them an eighteen month deal because they're not going to come for a six month deal. Anyone who's any good, and then you're like, oh well, they want to completely rebuild the squad again when Simo's already signed three or four players in January. <sighs> this sounds terrible, but we might have to accept we might well go down this season. But we'll in fact, mm. let, let let's leave that for now. Actually, we'll leave that as a talking point after the the Barnes review bit, but. Mm. Yeah, in terms of the Oxford game, we won't go much more into it. We'll just just say like it, it just felt really flat afterwards, and there was a bit of a feeling of like oh, this isn't looking great, is it? But an, another good crowd, seven thousand eight hundred. You know, six hundred yeah. Oxford fans, fair play to them coming up at this time in January. Um, and we got to talk to a lovely Scottish man on the train back, didn't we? So, um, if anyone wants to know the story about that, come and ask me at the next game because he was off his box that fella, to, to, to say the least. He was barmy. Um, let's move on then, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, another defeat. Barnsley won. Sorry, God, that was. I think you said Barnsley won. Carlisle two there if, in my dreams. <laughs> Barnsley two, Carl United one. Ah, uh, this was the sucker punch to end all sucker punches, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, if you don't if you don't put away your chances, you know, you're not going to, you don't deserve to win. And it sounds harsh, you know. We, I mean, some of the chances that we created were the. Some of the best chances we've created all season, to be honest with you, and mm. how how we didn't put them in. Certainly, I mean, because there was one on the YouTube highlights which shows Butterworth when I think the keeper misplaced a pass and he just shot wide. But there's one that wasn't on the YouTube highlights, which was like a one on one where yeah. he had the goal gaping and he fluffed that as well. And we could have been, we could have easily been three 0 twenty minutes in. Yeah, and he, uh, we he just, just weren't. Yeah. So team news before this one, we got some murmurs on the car over, didn't we, that Huntington was going to be starting. We're like, oh, wow, because Simo had been, didn't sound overly like he wanted to do that after the um, Oxford game. But I mean, it might just be him bluffing, basically, to, to not give away the fact that that was in his mind. Um, he came in and Jack Armour came in for um, Jack Robertson. was a little bit of a surprise. We're like, didn't really see that one coming. And Finn Back being back on the bench was a big positive, mm-hmm. along with Sean Green uh, coming onto the bench for the first time. Um yeah, it was no Ryan Edmondson either, which was a little bit of a shock, but obviously we found out now why. <laughs> Pretty obvious. Um Yeah, it what 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 did you think when 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 you heard that news? I, I have to admit I, I was pleased because I felt like it it was time we needed a bit of experience there at the back. Yeah, well to be honest, I was a little bit apprehensive with Huntington because last season there was quite a few times where his lack of pace would get caught out and what we've seen this season, you know, if a little 
lack of pace or a little lack of concentration and you get caught out, you concede a goal every single time. And last season in League Two, we were quite fortunate in that we weren't necessarily conceding goals every time. Um, but one thing I, I noticed on Tuesday is just how good Lewis is at like getting overhit through balls. Yeah. So if, yeah. If, if if you know if the opposition play in them um, through balls in behind Huntington's lack of pace, maybe can't pick up on Lewis or be there, um, which is really really good. And yeah, on the whole, I thought Huntington had a really good game, and um, I think Lavelle may Lavelle was a bit hit and miss. I think. I think he was all right, to be honest. I I didn't think he did a huge amount wrong. And I think I've seen a little bit of criticism of him for their first goal. But when you you look it back from the the pitch side angle, they have it on the Barnsley YouTube. It's a a hell of a finish. He put it in the one place Harry Lewis couldn't get to it, didn't he? No, it it, it was a good finish, yeah. Um, But I think certainly, you know, if Hunts is ready to start on Saturday, he should should certainly be starting in that uh, middle of the back three on Saturday as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Well, let's talk about the, the chances for this one because, oh, my word. Right. So literally one minute in, and it literally was just before the minute mark, wasn't it? Mm. Ball over the top. And I'm, I have to say, Barnsley, one of the worst defensive sides I've seen this season. They were all over the shop. Mm. The keeper's kicking was appalling. The, the big lad, she's at Shepherd at centre-back, I saw some of their fans tearing into him before the game even, and you could see why because his distribution was awful and... He was getting robbed all the time, and and on this occasion, just a pump ball forward, and Butterworth's in behind the defender, free one goal, and we were like, obviously we're in the stand opposite behind that goal, and we're looking, thinking, slot it, slot it, just slot it low beyond him because he can't, he won't be able to get down quickly enough to it, mm. and he put it, and look, it's a great save, like a great one-handed save, but he's put it at a height where the keeper can save it, hasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just so disappointing. And, you know, because you, you, you go into a game like Barnsley away and you think we're not going to get many opportunities like that. And yeah. We well, were t- turns out we, we, we would, wouldn't we? And yeah. yeah, I think pretty much everyone rounds was saying, why is he not Why is he not just slotted it low enough? After fair, I think Simo said the same thing, didn't he? Like, you've just got to slot it past him from there, really. Mm. You really, really do. To be honest, I'd forgive him if he tried to round the keeper. And- yeah, and the keeper... Made a save or something. Yeah, because yeah. if you're trying to round the keeper, you're trying to sort of get a penalty and get the keeper sent off. You yeah. know, fair enough. Absolutely. But what he did was, yeah, it was just poor. Yeah, it wasn't great. And well, I think poor's maybe a little harsh, but he, he's got to do better there. That's, that's the yeah. key thing, isn't it? He, it, it? You should at the very least try. No, you did hit the target, to be fair, so it's pretty harsh to say that. But yeah, he's got to score, basically. Mm. Um, the second chance, not long after that, I mean, my word, what their defence was doing here. A, a square ball across the box. And, and Butterworth, his pressing was fantastic in this game. I've got to give yeah. him a huge amount of credit for that. And he just nips in, gets the ball. Well, he sort of runs onto the ball, doesn't he? And he hits it first half and he just drags it. I think it's one of these ones he thought that the keeper was a bit further across or thought the keeper would save it if he did that. He yeah. tried so hard to put it right in the corner. And actually, he had a chance to either slot it just inside the post or probably put it in the other one send it you know the keeper would have dived that way anyway and you know pretty much dived out of the way of it and put it in the back of the net and at that point you thought oh god it's not going to be his night is it at all um yeah and then i can't did, did armstrong's goal come before but was second third chance i think it was before wasn't it it's about six minutes in yeah i think it was but, before so this one this time it's the keeper that messed up with the clearance and it, it it's a really clever one actually when you look back at it now I, I watch this back so he's trying to play it out to the, one of his defenders Armstrong just takes a step just before he yeah. plays the pass if you watch it he wasn't right in the line he takes a step he takes a gamble gets the ball and tell you what for a finish from 30 yards with like, and we were right behind the goal weren't we the angle he had was, was non-existent almost wasn't it mm. there wasn't much you know space to fit it in in off the post and everyone in the way and going bar me thinking, yes, one, our big money signings got his first goal, couple, couple of get three games in, that's great. And two, we're just like, we deserved it, didn't we, at that point? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the feeling in the away end, because we haven't gone 1-0 up very often this season. No. Um, so it was, it was a great position to be in. And yeah, <laughs> it was just disappointing what followed. Yeah, absolutely. So like... Um, then frustratingly, what what followed not long after that was another chance to potentially make it 2-0 where 
good little bit of play down the uh, the right with Harrison Neal playing in Jack Ellis and Jack Ellis does the right thing, picks out Butterworth about 10 yards out and Butterworth does well to adjust and, and get a header towards goal and he just crashes back off the post and no one's there to pick up the pieces and you're like, you think, oh Danny, 12 minutes in and you could have had a hat-trick? Mm. And I'm sure he was thinking, oh, my luck is not in tonight, not in the mm. slightest. Um, they didn't really have any many chances the first half, Barnsley, from memory, did they? I don't think. I think Lewis was pretty solid for most of his goalkeeping. Like yeah, said, he, think... he swept up really well. Yeah, we frustrated them quite a bit. They were playing yeah. it side to side and we were just letting them and a few of their players were getting quite yeah. frustrated and just hitting it from distance. And their wing-backs were struggling because all the full-backs and wingers were struggling because both Ellis and Armour were excellent one-on-one. Like they made some re- like just yeah. really, really solid. They didn't get in very often exactly what you want to see. They made a couple of changes at halftime, didn't they? They brought Nicky Cadden on and yeah. uh, I think O'Keefe uh, right back as well. They're two very good players. But even then, they didn't really do much for the wing-backs, did they, those two? They, we, we still look pretty solid in those areas. I think Armour's crossing was a little bit off. He, he's just... He's just become a little bit slow on putting the cross in. He's taking a little... It's a problem. It's not just him, to be fair, the team. It's a problem with the team generally. They, they think they've got more time than they do. Mm. They're not quick enough. I think Charles is one of the few, and Mellish, like I keep saying, who are a little bit quicker with the ball and get it moving a bit quicker. <clears throat> Sorry. So, so yeah, the um, into the second half, and nearly had another chance for Armstrong, didn't we? With a ball over the top where the defenders just switched off and Armstrong nipped mm. in. He pokes it over the keeper. He, do, he couldn't have done any more than he did, really. He got no. as much as he could on it, and it went wide of the post. Uh, Barnsley picked up a little bit, and then there was... <sighs> Barnsley's equaliser. <sighs> I know there's been a bit of criticism of Lavelle not being tight enough to Cole, but I think it was a difficult one. I think Cole actually did a really good job of peeling off him. And like I said, from that angle, you'd think, okay, most of the time your keeper's going to have it covered, but mm. he hit it so well into such a perfect place. Lewis yeah. didn't have a chance. If I was going to have one criticism of it, then for me, Moxon's got to bring down the number two, Williams. He's got to. like He, he, he goes behind him and he does that little thing where they almost like try to accidentally clip and make it look as if they haven't clipped them when you run behind them. For there, for me, you just, just bring the lad down. Unfortunately, the lad's them, away. Hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? And if mm. Moxon had picked up a stupid book in there, we might have conceded a goal later on and would say, oh, if Moxon hadn't got that stupid book and he could have closed him down. It's Yeah, yeah, but then you accept that like, when he's in that much space heading towards goal and, they're, and they're, you know, we know they're a good team, you just take the book in at that point for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a little bit disappointing that happened. Um, game sort of carried on. It was pretty equal. So I think we were still the better side for a lot of it. Lewis didn't have a huge amount to do. Mm-hmm. And then the winner, it's one of those ones, isn't it, where as Simo Wright said on the radio, we had a couple of chances to clear it and we should have done. But never in a million years is that a penalty. I, I've watched it back and I, I just can't grasp how that was given as a penalty. There's, there's no foul. He doesn't clip his legs or anything. There's no foul. He wins the ball. It's a ridiculous decision. Yeah. It, it, I've seen a lot of Barnsley fans say it's soft as well. Um, if that had been a Carlisle player go down, I'd be appealing for it. It's, of course you would, of course it, you would. It's, it doesn't it's mean it's right. As, <laughs> no, no, not at all. But it's not as um, much of a stone wall penalty as some of the penalties that we've been denied earlier in the season. I think yeah. some of them were much more obvious. But and Simo was absolutely furious with the referee, and I, I, I understand that. And it wasn't just that decision. There was loads of really weird, like, throw-ins and little free kicks, yeah. like, throughout the game, and... I think Simo said that five minutes in, he said to the fourth official, "Like this, this ref's going to cost us." Because I don't think there was any anything really malicious behind it, but it was yeah. whatever the Barnsley fans shouted for. He just kind of gave us gave us a bit of a homer in the, in that sense. Um, but at the end of the day, we shouldn't be blaming the ref. We had the chances. Take, oh yeah, we, we we've got to take the chances. Know. But what for me, we've got to do. We, we've got to take the positives from the game as much as we can. There was a lot of positives taken. We have to accept they're a very good side, Barnsley. They, they, what was that? One defeat in 17 now for them. You know, you're not a bad side if you're doing that, are you? <laughs> At the end of the day, you don't do that by accident. So we've got to take a bit of the rough of the smooth and think, right, the key for me is now we need to put two two good performances together in a row because we yeah. haven't done that all season. That, that's where it's really been a struggle, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And the the where, where the tunnel is at Barnsley, for those who don't know, so it's basically right in front of the away end, like in the corner. And the players have all got a very good reception off, to be fair. You know, mm. there's been some defeats we've had recently where players have been booed off, rightly or wrongly. Mm. But on the whole, the, I think 
the fans, you know, all 800 odd of us, which is an incredible effort for a, for a Tuesday night. You know, the players were getting applauded off, and I think we could all appreciate the effort that was put in. And, you know, we, we don't just, you know, I'm, I wouldn't call myself a happy clapper. I don't, you know, mm. clap the team off every week if they've been, you know, if they've lost, if they've been, they haven't been very good, but they deserved. Yeah. recognition for the effort that they put in. Um, the the was work rate was fantastic from every player, wasn't yeah. it? It really was, it really was. Right, uh, tell you what we'll do then. We'll talk about those fans and a great effort, you know, another 800 plus, I mean, travelling on a Tuesday night in that weather, remarkable effort, remarkable. Uh, so one of the fans who was down there was a long-time contributor. He hasn't been on for a while though. Uh, our good friend Regan. So Regan has sent us in a six-second review for the game. I was really impressed, definitely with the first half yesterday. If Butterworth takes any of his three chances, the game's put to bed in the first half. They weren't impressive at all. And I think if they're going in at half-time by two or more goals down, then it's, it's, it's three points and it's a, it would have been a vital three points. But that's why we're at the bottom end of this table. We've not been taking our chances and they've had one shot and scored and that's the quality that they've got with Devante Cole. It's definitely not a penalty, but again, it's another one where we've got an excuse where we can blame the official like we could on Saturday but it's just simply that we weren't good enough um, it does give us a bit of optimism if we can play like that on Saturday we'll definitely get three points but it's been a case a number of times this season where we've performed well and we've not followed it up the following game so we need to get that going um, I think with the new lads Neil Lewis in goal and Armstrong up front it gives us a good base um, it's something that we've definitely missed and I was really impressed with Hunt at the back. I'd, I'd probably stick with that team, probably put back in, uh, just to give us a bit more on that right-hand side. Maybe Gibson in for McCalmont. And we should be getting three points on Saturday. So, on to Cheltenham, up the Blues. Well, he's raised a good point there about the new boys there, Mike. So, let's let's talk about them. Um, we'll start off with the goal scorer, Luke Armstrong, who was the WhoScored.com man of the match for this game. Mm. I have both teams like comfortably as well. Eight point one he got for his rating. Um, poor Butterworth, he got six. <laughs> Which bear in mind when he had so many chances and like his pressing was so good. It, it's because mm. he's missed them basically. That's the reason yeah. why. But yeah, Harrison Neal was in, and Huntington were the next two best for us at seven. And uh, yeah, I mean Barnsley. To be fair, overall score wise, pretty equal. Six point five five average, and we were six point five two. Mm. Um, yeah. So Armstrong, I have to say, hugely impressed with him. Obviously, we yeah. saw him at the weekend. It was a tough game that we didn't really get into it that much. This one, it was perfect in an away game. He, he's pr- I'm so impressed with the effort he puts in off the ball and his running. And he's, he's so intelligent with getting into the right areas and, and being able to win the ball back and hold it up. I think I genuinely think we've got an absolute gem in, in, a, in a signing of him. And he, he's a player who can become a big player over the next few years for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I was really impressed with off, off the ball is he kind of blocks off passing lanes mm. for... Um, so if the centre back's got the ball, they can't sort of play it to the full back or yeah. to the yeah. uh, sort of defensive midfielder. He just kind of sits in that little pocket. He doesn't necessarily close him down. He just sort of sits in a pocket that says you can't yeah. pass to these two players. And then you know if someone else, a Butterworth, is closing the defender down on the ball, he's, he kind of has to make a decision, and he doesn't have as, as many options as he's like. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was really good to see. His hold up play was very good. Um, I think in terms of sort of man of the match for who scored dot com, it'll be based off the fact he scored a goal. I wouldn't know what the ex- expected goals was for his goal, but I wouldn't imagine it'd be very high because um, mm. it was quite far out um, and he, he had to take it quite quickly. Um, but also based on the fact that he wins so many of his aerial duels, um, that'd be why he he won that as well. And yeah, it's just really good to see. And we look a hell of a a hell of a much better team with him in it than without him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and yeah, he he actually got booked as well. You should we should say so. Like that does affect your score as well. So to get eight point one with a booking as well, a really really good effort from him. Um, what you mentioned about blocking those passing lanes as well. That that's how he got his goal. <laughs> At the end of the day, he blocked exactly. that pass line for the keeper. The keeper didn't have anywhere to play it, and he's nipped in and, and scored the goal. So you know, it, it's great to see. Um, Harrison Neal fought on him. I, I think he looks a terrific signing. I really do. Yeah, I think once really he gets does. up to speed, bear in mind he's not playing much this season. I think he'll be great. Look, there are times when he's running and it looks like he's towing a caravan. I don't think he's that slow, but it just it's just that. I think it's his running style that makes it look like that. He's very hun- hunchback almost because he's a big lad. You don't realize how big he is because he, he is a bit 
not hunched, but he's he's always constantly on the move, isn't he? He's always wanting to move, and he put some crunching tackles in in this game, didn't he? Yeah, he really did. And but not only that, but he had the the quality and the passing to go with yeah. it. Which you know, some tough tackling midfielders at this level, they don't have the quality on the ball. Yeah. Um, and he seems to have have them both. And you know, it's just going to be crazy when Callum Guy comes back from injury. I think he's going to struggle to get back in the team. Uh, to be honest, yeah, I think they could. There's a possibility you could play them both in the same team. Yeah. Neil could probably play a bit further forward. He was playing further forward generally in both the games, wasn't he? And mm. he showed that he's quite good at the press on the on the defenders, isn't he? So yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's still a while off before that, obviously comes about mm. we've all we sort of talked about Harry Lewis already and we, I think we're both very impressed with his handling particularly you know holds on to shots and he's kicking there's a slight concern for me on set pieces he, I mean, look Thomas Foley's six foot nine of course he's gonna be a lot stronger on claiming yeah. set pieces but maybe a slight concern there maybe it'll come when he, he gets to know his teammates a bit better so yeah there mm. you go with that one um talk about a couple more performances in the team um Butterworth again we've got to say like, look it's so frustrating because you can see the quality there his, his pressing in this game was brilliant. He won the ball back so many times off the pitch and like uh, you could not knock his work rate. He's just got to show a bit more composure when he's got those chances and, and mm. he's, still, he's still got this habit of going down the blind alley sometimes and you're like, you've got to release the ball a little bit quicker, don't you? And I, I kind of hope he gets a goal in one of these starts just to give him a lift as much as anything. Yeah, I think if he'd have scored that first chance, he would have scored the other two. I think, you know, he just needed that that lift and I think... I, I, to be honest, I, you know, I wouldn't dispute him starting alongside Armstrong on Saturday. There seemed to be a little bit of an understanding there between them, considering they haven't played yeah. together a lot. Um, but it was sort of a classic big man, little man strike pairing, really, yeah. wasn't it? And um, there have been questions earlier, sort of, can we carry a player like Butterworth? But he, he seemed to be putting in the hard yards off the ball yeah. that you don't have to sort of carry him, per se. I, for me, it's not so much on the, the work rate side of it. It's more that he really needs to work on his decision making with the final ball and what he does with that in releasing yeah. the ball. That that's the thing he really needs to work on. That that's where I've, I've I've got concerns. But I think he'll start up up front again at the weekend, probably. Especially if Coyote's still not fit. Obviously, as we mm. understand, he's not going to be involved. So so there you go. Um, one more player I want to mention before I play Nick Brown's uh, six second review. Uh, Alfie McCallum. We sort of discussed in this. He's not really quite got up to speed in League One with us yet, has he? I know he's played at this level before for Morecambe, so it's not like he's not used to it. But it, it just feels at the moment like he's struggling to find his place in the team a little bit. And what I would say is we created a lot of chance in this game because of his pressing. His mm. pressing was excellent. He won. It was hard to tell sometimes if it was him or Butterworth because from a distance, they've got one's got number 10, one's got number 11. And they're, quite, they're a very similar height. It's only when you turn around and you see that scraggy haircut and beard that Butterworth's got. You're like, <laughs> oh, right, that, that's not Alfie. It's hard to tell sometimes. But they were both excellent in terms of the pressing and it's just the final decision making comes out. I mean, there's one point where it was one of those ones where you kind of wish it was Moxon that won the ball back because he won the ball back and the keeper was well off his line about mm. 30 yards out and he could have lobbed the keeper mm. if he just got his head up or he had a go at the very least and he, he, I think he just sort of passed it in the end. So, yeah, I, I don't know. What's your, what's your thoughts on him and the team? I mean, I get why Simmons put him there because of the work rate and the pressing, but would you maybe rather see Gibbo in there right now? Yeah, I mean, for me... I mean, his work rate and pressing is very good, but on the ball, I don't think he's he's of League One quality, unfortunately. It might sound harsh, but um, I think his pressing was very good. And, you know, we forced the Barnsley defence into quite a few mistakes, but we just... It just lacks that, that little bit of quality. And it's it's so frustrating. And certainly how much he was pressing, for me, the last 30 minutes... He, he didn't really do a lot because I think he was knackered. I think he'd run himself into the ground. And I can't really blame him for that, to be honest. I think yeah. he sh- he should have been subbed off, um, to be honest. But, you know, it didn't happen. And, you know, he's, he's not the most effective in the final third when he's got fresh legs. And he was just clearly worn out and, and mm. needed taken off for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. Time to do... Um... One more six-second review. It's actually longer than six seconds, about two minutes long, but here's what Nick Brown had to say about the game on Tuesday night. How the hell did we lose that game of football? So frustrating. Possibly the hardest result to take for me this season so far. Despite that, it was a good game of football and we did play well. I thought we were fantastic in the opening 20 minutes. They could not handle that high press we put them under. They were just panicking, kicking it anywhere. Their number six didn't know which way was up, which way was down. He was, he was shocking. 
if there was three or four big chances for Armstrong instead of Dan Butterworth, then he's tucking two of them away at least. We've got three points in our back pocket and we're away back to back to Cumbria and everyone's happy. But they didn't, they felt a Butterworth and you can't excuse that finishing. You're a professional footballer, man. Just score. The closer it gets to half-time at 1-0, you worry that they'll have enough to change the game. And they did make some changes and it did change the game. They grew into it. They weren't great. We we matched them. We played well enough. don't think we really created an awful lot in the second half. But we should have stopped their goals. Moxon absolutely has to bring their lad down. Take the yellow card. It was so naive. Any other team in the league this season, I think, would just take him clean out. Just have the yellow card. Then there's no goal. There's no issue. It's a good ball into call and it's a good finish. I don't think Lewis can do better with it. And then you move on into the, their second goal. Was it a penalty? Wasn't it? I don't know. It was a contentious one. I don't think the ref gives that. If it's at the other end, that's for sure. And Lewis can't do anything about it. The lad tucks it away well. And what can you say? It's just so frustrating, but never mind. There was a lot of positives. I thought Huntington was class. He really holds that defence together. He looks so much more solid with him there. And I think Mellish and Lavelle play with a, more, a lot more confidence with him in there so hopefully he can stay fit and that'll give us a springboard to hopefully put in some better defensive performances Neil looks a real player I mean he loves a tackle and I think he'll he'll grow into that position he'll make that position his own and I think he'll be an important player for us hopefully for the rest of the season and what a difference having a proper striker up front in Armstrong he took his goal really well and I thought he had a great performance so Hopefully, the team can take them positives into, into Saturday. It's there to be won. Hopefully, we can get a result and uh, up the blows. I don't mean we could argue much with what Nick said there. He's covered pretty yeah. much a lot of the stuff that we said, doesn't he? And uh, mm. Yeah, just like I said, we've just got to take the positive into Saturday, which brings us on quite nicely. We'll take a, a short break now, and then we'll be back to look ahead to the Cheltenham game. Hi, it's uh, Tom Pyatic the second, and you're listening to the Brunton Bugle. There's Tom uh, back there again. He was on the last episode as well, wasn't he? A bit, bit more of him that time, though. Um, if you haven't had a chance to listen, you can go back and listen to our special episode that came out at the start of the week, which was a, a chat with uh, Tom Piatic the second and Alice Piatic as well about the um, takeover and, and what's coming up for the club and stuff like that. And thank you for the brilliant feedback we've had so far. And I have to say, it, it, the, the amount of listens we've had in there, I'm going to have a quick look and just check. I'm not going to tell you exactly how many, but it, it's, I think it's up there. It's one of our best li- listened to episodes so far which is it's, it's incredible really you know mm. considering it only came out at the start of the week um let me just have a quick look yeah in terms of listener numbers yeah it's, it's right up there <laughs> it's one of the highest we've had for, for a long time so brilliant so thank you so much for all the positive feedback and like i said hopefully we'll get the big man uh tom it's not tom t just tom Payak as well and patty maybe as well and hopefully we'll get jenna and nick as well in at some point in the near future it'd be great to get them all on and uh yeah we'll try and get them on a bit more often in the future too so um Really good to see. Um, right, Mike, we've got a very quick question from Dan for this week. So let's have Dan's quiz question. Now, as some of you are probably aware, one of my favourite competitions is currently taking place, and that is the African Cup of Nations. So this week's question is, there are 13 players who are deemed African under FIFA rules who have played for Carlisle United, can you name them? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm thinking, you know, with that one, I think we might even leave the answer to the next episode, you know. I think we might like, let people sweat in it. What do you reckon, Mike? No, I reckon we, we, we can do it yeah, in this one. We'll cram it in at the end, yeah. We'll cram it in at the end, okay. Well, we'll look at it. We're going to do a very brief preview of the Cheltenham game because I know you need to get away uh, soonish. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cheltenham Town, obviously, it's it's only what, barely a month since we last played them, even. In fact, less than a month since we last played them. Um, and we, we didn't do ourselves any justice at all in that game with Britain Park. I think it's very mm. fair to say it was a pretty dreadful performance. No disagreement from anyone, that one. Surely it's going to be better in this game. Right. Uh, in terms of the prediction league, it's exactly the same. I don't think any of us predicted uh, McCallum to score, did we? <laughs> the other day. No. And we didn't do any, obviously, for the uh, midweek. I think we probably all would have got a point against Barnsley because I think we all would have gone with uh, Luke Armstrong, but we didn't, so, so no. there you go. Um, right, uh, Dan's question again, obviously, that was in terms of the, was it 13 players that are technically African? So, yeah. so that includes players who might have been born, let's say, in France, but qualified for playing for an African country. 
So first up, starting there, let's 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 get it started. Vincent Pericard's one of yeah, them. Cameroon. Cameroon. Yeah. So we've got uh, Vincent Pericard. Francois Zoko, Ivory Coast. Francois Zoko, Ivory Coast. Yep, that's two. Prince Brabin for was it Ghana? No, he wasn't. Was he Ghana? Uh, I think he was Ghana. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Anyway, Prince Brabin definitely was an African country. I'm sure. Um, Most Sagaf. Yeah, obviously he's playing for Tanzania at the current tournament. Mm. Fair play. Uh, who was the one I was just saying there? Um, uh, oh, Marco, Marco Gabassin. He was a uh, Congo, wasn't he? I think, if I remember rightly. Think so. Um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was another team that gave a G. Anyway, so Marco Gabarsin. Oh, there was another one I was about to say there. And uh, hang on, hang on. Can you think of any of us? I'm struggling now. Um, oh, uh, Calvin Atuu, I think, and Tom Tyra were both eligible for Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. I think Tom Tyra might be stressed because I think Atuu definitely, I'm sure, was born. No, Tyra was eligible through his dad or something. I think yes. I, I, I don't. Yeah, I wonder if it. Well, let's say Tyro anyway. The other one I was thinking of, uh, oh, my, it's gone out of my head again. Oh, for God's sake. Um, uh, Raffinade. There's eight. He was Ivory Coast, wasn't he, as well? Was he Ivory Coast yeah. or was he? I think, it was, I, I I think he was Ivory Coast. Yeah. Um, oh, there's going to be others. I've forgotten. Yeah. We've got eight. I think as many as we're going to get is eight. So let, let's have Dan's answer. If anyone's got more than eight, then you're doing really well, especially <laughs> in the time frame we've given you. So here's uh, the answer to Dan's question. They are Derek Asamoah, Ghana, oh. Prince Balban, Ghana, Kelvin Ituhu, Nigeria, Dean Furman, South Africa, oh. Marco Antoine Gabassin, Central African Republic, Bastian Heri, Madagascar, Rafael Nade, Ivory Coast, Ron Oosthuizen, South Africa, Jean-Claude Pagal, Cameroon, Mo Sagaf, Tanzania, Kevin Wright, Sierra Leone, Ofrande Zanzala, Congo, and Francois Zoko, Ivory Coast. So he's missed Vincent Perigard. Is he counting because he played France under 21s? He's not counting him, is he saying? I'm guessing. Maybe. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. Good, good, good question there from Dan. Um, we're not going to do the X Blues there because we haven't had time to put them properly together. And you're in a hurry, Mike, because you're off to go and play football yourself, aren't you? So, um, yeah. So yeah, cool. So that's it for this week. Um, thanks for joining me, Mike. Always appreciate it. Cheers. Um, hopefully, some better things to come in the next few weeks, and like you know, a couple more editions. I think we're not far off being an all right side. Actually, to be fair, it might come a little bit too late, but let's not get downhearted. Let's be positive that the future looks really good. From you know, we we all heard what was said from Tom and Alice on the interview with the, we did with them, and Jedo as well. She did one with the radio company that and confirmed that they've put a. Uh, application into the council for the training ground already so mm. very exciting times and that's moved so quickly it's, it's incredible but yeah thanks once again to our sponsors London Branch as well for their support always appreciated we're going to be back next week with a review of the Chantland game and a look ahead to the Bolton game which should be a belter they're bringing 3,000 fans so going to be a fantastic atmosphere so hopefully get a really good home crowd as well there should be at least a, a five-figure crowd for that one I reckon yeah. at least be great right uh, not much else to say Mike is it other than uh, keep your heads up guys and up the blues up the blues